Well, I got a word for you today. Amen. I'm glad you're excited about that. Um, it's part. It's actually part three of a series about why do I need the Bible? Why do I need to tear up my Bible? Why do I need to wear this thing out? What is it that uh, makes it so? And I asked the Lord five questions. Uh, I think this is the third in a series uh, of messages about for the Word. Is my battery running down? No, I'm all good. Okay. My sound tech went, yeah, we're done. Let's go home. So, because I'm hungry. After all of that fruit, I want something to eat, right? Uh, the first one was entitled, uh, I'm a nerd for the Word. Y'all remember that one? And that was a message where I talked about that when we find the Word, it becomes life and it becomes health to us. The second message was, this is how I fight my battles because it's how we overcome our enemies. And today's message is about the third reason that I had mentioned about reading the Word. And in that list that I put together, it was, if you'll remember, because that's how we find success. And of course, I used Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 as a text toward that end. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night so that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you shall have good success. And we've had that scripture as a part of our, uh, who we are for, for years and years and years in, in, in scripture. But interestingly, after studying this text and going through it, another title came to me today, and that is Prosperity and success is not the goal. Prosperity and success is not the goal. Hmm, interesting. Very interesting. Any of you all remember that? Because, you know, quite frankly, we are surrounded in, in over the course of the last number of years about, around a prosperity gospel that everything that we have with the Lord equals something for us. And I am here to share with you this morning that there's a problem with the prosperity gospel. Now, I didn't say there was a problem with prosperity because the Lord takes delight in the prosperity of His children. Amen? But for us to think that the... Uh, the end all of why we do all is so that we can have success and prosperity is to truly miss the boat on this thing. Those of you who watch 714 uh, morning devotions this week, uh, I laid out a challenge to you to go in and to study Joshua chapter 1-8 and see if you could discover some things in it. Again, just to quote that scripture, this book of the law shall not depart from my mouth, but I shall meditate therein day and night, so that I might observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then I will make my way prosperous, and I will have good success. In studying this week, as I often like to do, I like to tear words apart and think about what the words mean and what's really being said to me in this passage of Scripture, uh, you know, I realize that the word success and the word prosperity are pretty relative terms, if you think about it. 
Because what I might consider prosperous and successful might be different, for example, than Sharon would consider, or, 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 or right on down the line. Any one of us might consider what the, the definition of success is as different, or what the definition of prosperity is as different. So therefore, I realize it's a very relative term. It's a very relative term. But then I began to realize that maybe, just maybe, how we define prosperity and success in our English language might just be different than how God would define prosperity and success. Because quite frankly, wouldn't that definition be the one most important to us to discover what his definition of prosperity is? to discover what his definition of success is and to shoot toward that versus our very one. And I have found in studying this, if any of you have taken on that challenge this week, I, I'm going to bet you may have also found some variances here where you are going success and prosperity mean different things to God than they do to us. Keep in mind that we're, we're Americanized. We Actually, our English language comes from the Anglo-European background, not a Judaic or Jewish background. And, and many of the things that we decipher and, 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 and say have no bearing in the Jewish language, nor does the Jewish language in many respects have any bearing in our English way of thinking about things, Right? And yet we look at the Bible, by and large, with an Americanized ideology, with eyeballs and thinking and mind and processing and so forth and so on. And part of that's because that's easy, because that's who we are. So it's just easy to go, that's what it means. And it's a little bit more work to dig in and go, but what does God mean? What does it mean to him? So, being uh, someone who loves words, I looked up the word success, and here's uh, the actual definitions, English definitions. I'm going to give you both English definitions and, and um, Bible or Hebrew uh, definitions. And I want to let you begin to see the difference between our definitions and God's definition. And it might cause us, it certainly has caused me to look at Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 in a different way. I pray that it causes you to look at it in a different way as well. Here's the uh, English definition of the word success. The accomplishment of one's goals to attain wealth, position, honor, or good fortune. We would all go, yeah, 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 that's, that's, what, that, that's what that word means. Again, I understand that that's relative I can have nothing in life and have health and have a great family and feel like I have the riches of the world, right? Or the other person can have a terrible family and terrible health and have all the money in the world and think, I got the riches of the world. So that's a very relative term. Is everybody with me? Okay. Now, here's the English definition of the word prosperity. A successful, flourishing, and thriving condition in respect to material gain, good fortune. Now, isn't it interesting in both of the English definitions of the word success and uh, prosperity, it had to do with some type of materialism. 
There was a fundamental good fortune. There was a, a fundamental gain. of The first one was wealth, position, and honor. The other was in respect to material gain. And all of us, quite frankly, when we hear the word success, our minds tend to lean toward how we're doing financially and what's going on in our life in that respect to the future and retirement and everything else. And probably many of us in the room, when we hear the word prosperity, our minds also lean toward how am I prospering and successful financially. That's probably something that happens. So these are the actual definitions from these two words as taken from the dictionary. And if I box myself into these ideas, these definitions, and I'm going to read Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, and what I'm going to focus on in reading Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 is the success and the prosperity. And I want you to understand something that success and prosperity in this passage of Scripture isn't the focus. And I will confess that all the years that I've read this Scripture and quoted this Scripture since my early Christianity, the focus has always landed on the last part, then I will make my way prosperous and have good success. Because we like that. We like prosperity. And we like success. Amen? So, that being said, we in our Americanized thinking probably lean toward that, toward that ideology because certainly we like it. But I question, is that God's idea on the matter? And in studying, I have found out that that isn't God's viewpoint. Our viewpoint of prosperity and success is not God's viewpoint of prosperity and success. It's not God's definition. Now, this does ultimately beat in the face of the gospel, the prosperity gospel. And I think that there is an imbalance in the prosperity gospel that says that everything that we do is about us becoming wealthy, healthy, and rich. That's not the case. In fact, if you look at the very fundamentals of Christianity, it's about you dying so that you may live. It's about you losing everything so that you may gain. So that, quite frankly, goes against the very grain of a prosperity gospel. Now, I'm not speaking against prosperity. Hear me, hear me clearly. I am not speaking against prosperity. God takes delight in, the pros in prospering his kids. But I think our definition of prosperity and success is incorrect. Thank you for your enthusiasm, sil enthusiastic silence. So, like every other word, whether in the English language or in the Greek and the Hebrew, there are multiple definitions of a word, okay? And they're usually listed numerically in the definition, number one being the most widely used definition of a word, right? Everybody with me? So, with that in mind, I want, you, I want us to take a look at the definitions of these two words, uh, success and prosperity, and I think you're going to find that they are light years different than the English idea of the words. That's, for me, that's the dividing line. If God's definition of a word is different than my definition of a word, I'm going to need to change my ideology to match his definition of the word versus the other way around. Right on? It's all right if I just talk with you for a few minutes, right? 
the Hebrew word for success comes with multiple definitions. Here's the first one, to take possession of. Now, again, you have to take a look at a verse in the context and the timing. Joshua was getting ready to go into war to battle the land, specifically Jericho, if I'm not mistaken in that case. And the Lord said to him, you know, you're going to win your battle. So this was all about a, prof- a prophetic word from the Lord to Joshua and the children of Israel that you're going to win, you're going to overcome, you're going to take possession of the land. Okay? Now, in our American thinking, we'd go, real estate! But that's not what's happening here. The other definition that I thought was like, what? To stand upon the name of another. The second most widely used definition of the word success was to stand upon the name of another. And then finally, to prosper. That was the last definition. Okay. Now, the same is true for the definition of the Hebrew word for prosper. Now, it is also light years away from our idea of what this word means. <laughs> You're going to love this. This is the most widely used, number one, definition of the Hebrew word for prosper, to be well and rightly adjusted. Oh yeah, some of us need an adjustment. A checkup from the neck up, as it were, right? And if I'm going to have God's definition that if I'm actually successful in life, that I'm taking possession of something standing on the name of another, and in that process I'm also going to find that I'm well and rightly adjusted We're going to take a look at what that means. Here's another definition. Uh, Here's the second one, to reach a goal. And that's the definition, Hebrew definition. I thought this was amazing. These are the last two definitions of this word prosperity, which is completely, as I said, I've used the term light years. Trust me, multiple light years, if there's such a thing, away from our English way of looking at it, to act wisely. Hello, somebody. And then you add to that the final definition, to be whole, sound, and safe. Those are the definitions of these two words. The word uh, 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 success, to take possession of and to stand on the name of another. And the word prosper, to be well and rightly adjusted, to act wisely, and to be whole, sound, and safe. Now that's completely different than our Americanized idea of these words. Well, that got me to thinking. What have I been quoting all these years? Because I've been quoting leading to the end of the passage of Scripture. Because then I'm going to find prosperity. I'm going to make, excuse me, I'm going to make my way prosperous and have good success. And I'm like, yeah, baby! Huh? Can I get a witness? And now I'm going, but that's not even God's idea what these words mean. I am off balance. I am not rightly adjusted. 
there's a problem. So with these thoughts from the Hebrew definitions, let's see if for a minute we can wipe away our English way of interpreting everything. See if somehow in our Anglo-European mindsets we can add the Judaic Hebrew sense of the word. And a couple of times in today's message, I'm going to re I'm going to paraphrase this passage of Scripture, adding to it the actual definitions of these words, sort of like a, a, an amplified version on steroids, okay? It's the new, the new Bible translation, Jonathan, the amplified on steroids. That's, all right, here we go. So here's Joshua 1.8. I think it's going to be on the screen. Uh, my text asked me this morning, what translation is that from? And I said, it's our own personal paraphrase. Thank you very much. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will have reached your goal. Then you will have acted wisely. Then you will be sound and safe and whole. And then you'll take possession and stand on another's good name. I know, it doesn't get near the applause as prosperity and success. But those are the actual definitions of these two words. And, of course, I sat back in my chair and I went, hmm, I've probably got the wrong idea about this whole passage of Scripture. Maybe I better go a little bit deeper here. And I wrote down some notable, as I do, I write notes, and I wrote down some what I call notable aspects of Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. And the first notable aspect that I noticed was this book of law shall not depart from your mouth. So that means that speaking the word was essential. And I'm just, write, I'm just sharing with you all, relaying, relating, relaying to you all what I wrote down in my notes, right? Other, the aspects of Joshua 1, 8. The first one in there, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. So Speaking the word was essential. Uh, you shall meditate on it day and night. And so meditation was required. And obedience. Is, why, why do I need to uh, uh, speak it and why do I need to meditate it? So that I may observe to do according to all that is written in it. That's obedience, right? So uh, immediately I went, well, apparently obedience is a primary goal and result. And then finally, that'll equal prosperity and success, but we have taken the Scripture and made prosperity and success in our Americanized thinking the goal. Sorry, you can be quiet if you want. So we're going to look at each of these separately, very briefly. We're going to look at a bunch of Scriptures um, and see if we can come up with what it is we're supposed to walk away with from Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Speaking the word is essential. Now, I don't know about you, but since we've already gotten a, 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 a misaligned idea of what the word prosperity and success mean, it might mean as well that we've flipped this passage of Scripture to make prosperity and success the most important aspect of the Scripture, and I'm here to submit to you today that it is not the most important aspect of the Scripture. The first three things are the most important aspects of this text, because without these first three things, I will not make my way prosperous according to God's definition, and I will not have good success according to God's 
definition of these words. So, quite frankly, me making my way prosperous and having good success is simply a fruit of something else, and it's the fruit of the first three things. So, let's flip this scripture properly and focus on the three things that are actually important in this text. But we don't like those. Their work. They require faith action. The other doesn't. It's just there because the Bible says so, and if the Bible says so, that's good enough for me. But you're misinterpreting the word and using it to match your idea of this. That's a problem. For me, that's a problem. Turn your Bibles. We're going to look at some scriptures real quick. Turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 6. And we're talking about this part, speaking the word is essential. If I run out of time, I'll pick this message up again next week. I'll, let's see, I'll quit in how about 15 minutes? If I quit in 15 minutes, it will be 1140. I'll get us out of here before noon. So that's my goal. I'm going to quit in 15 minutes. Everybody, is y'all cool? How many of y'all give me 15 minutes? Can I see a show of hands? Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten. I'll stop there. Ten times fifteen is a. I got a long time today. No, I'm going to go fifteen minutes, and then if I need to, because I'd rather spend some time just talking to you about this. I think this is really, really important for us to get a better visual of what this really means to us, and what our part in it is. Notice it didn't say, "And God will make your way prosperous." It said, "You will." If you do the first three things, right on. So the first one is speaking the word is essential. Are you in Deuteronomy chapter 6? Starting with verse 6. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up, I'm trying to think of where the break's at. I didn't notice a break in there. It says I'm supposed to be speaking of this when I'm sitting around in my house, when I'm taking a walk outside of my house, when I'm lying down to go to bed, and when I'm getting up in the morning. I didn't see a break time in there. It's like this is a really challenging thing from the Lord to say, listen, y'all, if you want to find prosperity and success, then you're going to need to do these first three things. And the first one is you're going to need to speak, let the word, this book of the law shall not depart from my mouth. I should be speaking it expressly. Every opportunity that I get, I should be speaking the word of God. Let me go on. So we found, you know, we're supposed to talk about it when we sit down, when we go for a walk, when we lie down, when we rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets before between your eyes. Aren't you glad we don't do that in our Americanized way of doing things? In the Hebrew, imagine that, that this is something that's in the notes today. Uh, in, in the Hebrew way, they had a thing called a phylactery, and it was a little box filled with certain texts of Scripture that would be worn by a band around their forehead. It would be between 
their eyes and they'd have a, a strap around their wrist that went to their hand that had another little box that had scriptures and texts inside of that. That's why it says there that you shall keep them on your hand and um, as frontlets between your eyes. That's a Judaic thing, okay? Another Judaic thing is you shall write them on the doorpost of your house. Now, I'm not suggesting that you go home and on your front door trim, you write Scripture all the way around it. But wouldn't that be cool? Right? Yeah. That would not work in my house with the Miss Diane, the decorator. It just wouldn't, she'd be like, no, not going to happen. But that's also a Judaic thing. I think it's called a mezuzah. I got the name probably wrong, but it's a little container. Is that correct, mezuzah? Thank you. Um, it's, a, it's a little container that's actually uh, attached to the doorpost. And if you open up that container, there's a mini scroll of scriptures that are in there. So those are two Judaic terms uh, that although they don't apply to us in our Anglo-European way of thinking and our Christian faith, they still bring symbolism to us. But the first part we totally get, right? We're supposed to be talking about the Word of God when we're sitting around, when we're taking a walk, when we're sitting around, when we're walking around, when we're lying around, and when we're getting up. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That's what it's saying. This, you should be talking about this all the time. All the time, and if you talk about it all the time, one of the results of that is that you will find prosperity. In other words, you'll be rightly adjusted and have acted wisely. Tell me that's not different than our normal way of looking at this passage. And and you'll, you'll have success. In other words, you'll take possession of something, and I'm going to tell you what that is in a minute, next week probably. And you'll stand on the name of another, and come on, as believers, we can automatically begin to think about whose name we want to stand on, Jehovah God, right? If you're not already seeing Joshua 1.8 in a different light, then I've got to slow down even more. Turn over with me to Deuteronomy chapter 11. I'm just going to finish this one aspect of it. Speaking the Word is essential. Deuteronomy chapter 11, I'm going to read verses 18 through 19. Are you there? Here we go. There you go. I love the word, right. Therefore, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall write them on the door. Sounds like the last one, didn't we? But it's a a different one, just a repeat. I think the Lord wants us to have the word of his word in the forefront. If we're looking in the headlights of anything, we ought to be looking in the headlights of the Word of God. Amen? It ought to be the very thing that guides, in fact, it is. It, what, it, it, it lights up our path. It guides the way for our feet. It's the Word of God. But I challenge you today to don't just take the Word of God with your own English thinking. I'm not saying you have to know how to speak Hebrew. I don't know how to speak Hebrew. Okay? 
but I'm going to go and study. And it's basically was looking up a definition, <laughs> quite frankly. And that was like astounding to me that God's idea, God's definition, the biblical definition of the word prosperity and success, to me, were light years away from the English idea of it. And what's required of me is three things to constantly be speaking the Word. The next one was to meditate. Now, we'll meditate. You shall meditate day and nights. That's what it says. This book of law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate upon it day and night. So that's what, that's, that's, that's meditation. I'm going to share with you some Hebrew stuff about meditation that you're going to be like, yeah, that's different than I thought. So I, I have to, you, to, you too, I'm not alone in this. If we're believers, and, and you are, and I am, then this is a requirement for us. We have to be speaking the Word of God. The Word of God is spoken, and when it's spoken, it becomes life. It becomes it, powerful. The spoken Word, and God spoke in creation and things happen. And when we speak the word, things happen. You're not supposed to just be thinking the word. You're supposed to be speaking the word. The second part is about, I'm supposed to think about this. Meditation is required. And I'll talk about that next week. And then finally, the, the last one was obedience. Quite frankly, guys, prosperity and success is not the, the primary goal and result. Okay? It, it, it's not. Let me quote the text again, Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. I'll add in italics a word. Why? So that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. I think I did a King James quote there. Why do I need to speak it and meditate it? So I can obey it. I agree, that was funny. I love family church. I really do. But you know what, guys, gals? It's, it's, not, it's not fundamentally the way we operate. We're not speaking the Word of God over every stressful, negative situation in our life. We're not speaking the Word of God when we get up in the morning and when we go to bed at night and when we're sitting around the house and when we're out and about. we got all kinds of other things that we're speaking. Many are standing in direct opposition to the Word of God. We're not meditating. I wish I could go on, but I'm going I'm to leave it short and have something for us to come back to next week that's going to be powerful. We're not meditating upon the Word. We're thinking about all kinds. We're, we're, we're loading our brain with Fox News and CNN News and every other kind of news. Our brains are so overloaded with COVID and executive orders and, and politics that that's what we're speaking, that's what we're thinking, that's what we're meditating upon, and yet we're figuring we're just supposed to have success and prosperity because we're Christians. No! And even then... That idea of success and prosperity are not the right idea. This bothered me. I've never been a person who 
has leaned into with any tenacity at all the prosperity gospel. I have seen the difficulties with the prosperity gospel and the imbalance of it, but this was like an awakening that I should be prosperous and successful whether I had everything or whether I had nothing. All right, here's how we're going to close this out. Get that. Did you get that last one done? You know, where I got the underlining and the italics and my, 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 my actually, uh, you know what, my paraphrase on steroids, amplified version on steroids. I'm going to close out today's service and we'll close out the next two by going directly to the end of my message. If you all have never written a message and you're stopping after point one, just join to the ending, that's not easy, okay? So I'm going to go to the ending here real quick. And this is Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. I'm just going to give you this. Is, it, is you getting ready to put it up there? And, and it's, what you're going to see is you're going to see some of the words that are underlined and italicized, okay? What? They're not underlined or italicized? Oh, you had 15 minutes for church. I'm sorry. <laughs> I really wanted that, so that doesn't help me. There's no need for me to actually do that now. Let me see. How can I do that? Hmm. All right, I will, I will tell you, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, how about I do this? I will say the word, and when I go like this, that means that the next thing that I'm going to say is underlined in italics, meaning I've added a paraphrase because of the definitions. Next week, because you'll have seven days. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be underlined in italics. Are you ready? Oh, yeah, I got to do this. <laughs> this book of the law, the Word of God, I'll have to do that to let you know I'm going back to the original, shall not depart from your mouth. You shall read it, you shall frequently repeat it, you should talk about it, you should refresh it in your memory. Now you're thinking, where did he come up with the rest of that stuff? Because I've started, that's because there's more definitions of some of the other parts of this that I didn't get to today. Back to the near King James Version. You shall meditate in it day and night. You shall engage in deep thought and contemplation about it. You should even talk to yourself about it. Trust me, when we get here next week and I tell you the Hebrew definition of the word meditate, why? Oh, that, why? So you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. You do all of the above with the intent and the purpose to obey it. You do all of the above in order to comply with its commands, restrictions, wishes, and instructions. You shall comply in submission with ready, right now, immediate obedience. None of that is my personal commentary, y'all. None of it's my personal commentary, Dave. It's words out of the Bible dictionary, the Hebrew dictionary. I ain't making nothing up here. I don't make anything up any week, just so you all know. Ready, right now, immediate obedience. Why? For then <laughs> you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So you can take possession of my promises. So you can stand on my holy name. So you can reach the goal. So you can be whole, safe, and sound. So it can be said of you that you acted wisely. 
Now, I don't know about you, but that's a whole different view of Joshua 1.8. If you can receive it and you can believe it, would you give the Lord some praise in the house of death? All right, I kept my promise. Much to my own chagrin, we had ourselves a time of worship, didn't we? Presence of the Lord, Him speaking to us through the prophetic word, us singing the angelic song of holy, holy, holy to Him. It was sweet. Now, I'm going to extend this challenge to you all of you, because not, and this is, not a, this is not a pastoral moment. I'm not giving you a jab. I know that all of you don't watch the 714 video because it's, it tells me how many watch it. Well, actually it tells me how many views. You get somewhere around 40 to 60 views a day. So that tells me that not everyone is viewing the 714. Again, that was not meant to jab you or poke you in any way, shape, or manner. What am I saying? I gave a challenge to all those that were watching it to take a look at Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, and do some study of your own. And then when we come together, maybe this whole message has a whole different bearing in your hearts and minds. I also offered up to you another challenge, didn't I? Take all week, all week long, be thinking about Sunday cometh. Oh, Sunday's around the corner. Oh, I'm going to get my heart ready. Oh, I can't wait for Sunday. I don't know how many of y'all have done that this week, but you have together as a whole. I'm going to add a third challenge because I feel like giving a pastoral jab. But anyway, uh, the first two challenges are study this scripture, Joshua 1.8. The second thing is come next Sunday with this mindset. Oh, it's I got up this morning and I sent Miss Betty a text and I said, you know what day it is? And in caps, I went, it's Sunday, yeehaw! I wish we all had that attitude. Oh, it's Sunday! Imagine if we all came in here that exuberant about the day. Mind-blowing. So that was the second, right? The third one is, watch the 714 video, y'all, come on. Should be a lot more than 40 to 60 views. Should be at least 100 or plus. Thank you for your enthusiasm and your hearty amens. Have you been blessed today? All right. Bow your heads with me for a moment. Thank you all online for being a part of this service. A little different, I suppose. That's all right. I don't mind different. God's different. He's always up to surprises, and I like that. I hope you do too, but I thank you for joining. I sense that there are those, whether here or whether online, that need to make a decision for Jesus Christ today. There's nothing special about us per se, but there sure is something special about the God we serve. And it's not that hard. Basically, is to open up your heart and make a verbal statement that says, I'm going to put my faith in this Jesus. You don't even have to understand it. I don't understand it all. But just to put your faith in Jesus. 
I'm going to pray with you now, both here and elsewhere. Before I do, I'm going to ask our altar prayer ministry team, those that are assigned today, to come up and help me, maybe an elder to come up and help me today as well. Because as we close this service out, I'm going to give you opportunity to come and receive prayer. Anybody else? That's all right. She's got the power. You got the power. Yeah. Oh, she's just going to the other side. Balanced power. Awesome. I don't have any male elders. I think I do. Thank you. Yeah, at least one. It would be kind of cool. It's all right, Steve. You can come on up. You're definitely going to be an elder. Oh, you're older. I didn't, I didn't say the olders. <laughs> That's all right. I trust you. So uh, these folks are going to be up here to pray with you and uh, after service is over. But I want to pray with all of you now. Some of you just, I believe some of you just made a decision for Jesus. After I pray with you, and if you did make a decision for Jesus today, I want to ask you to call in. Let us know. Let us know that you made a decision for Jesus today. We just want to pray with you, believe with you, stand with you, help you do all we can in that respect. So bow your heads with me and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for those today, Lord God, that have a new insight and revelation into your word and who have made a decision to say, I want to put my trust in Jesus today. I don't understand it and I don't get it, but I, I, I like it. I want to put my trust in Jesus. I pray that you will help them and bless them in that, that they may discover you in a tremendous, amazing way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Listen, I call you blessed today. I pray the peace of the Lord be with you. His grace be with you. Keep your nose in the book, your knees bent to heaven, your body's in the house of God. Study Joshua 1, 8, right? Think about Sunday all week and watch 714 video with me. Praise the Lord. I call you blessed. Have an awesome day. Come and receive prayer if you like.